0: Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with a guy who loves wrestling with the mysteries of God, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey Father Len. Well morning, Irish. You ready for a little wrestling with a few mysteries here and there? Oh, yeah. You you take it on. Well, we've got some, I think, some fairly serious mysteries to grapple with in this episode. They're kind of the three big events that are the foundation of our faith. First, God's decision to take on human flesh and become one of us. And then the almighty, all-powerful God's decision to suffer at our hands and be killed by us. And finally, God's miraculous resurrection from the dead. And interestingly, Christians, non-Christians, and the non-religious seem to have all kinds of reactions and even misunderstandings about these events. So, Father Len, your assignment here today is to help us wrestle with some of these reactions and help us sort out what we should know about these mysteries.
1: Great. Love it. And I think when looking at these mysteries, you have to look at them as a whole, and you can break down Christians into three types of sensibilities. So three types of people. You have the Christmas Christians, the Good Friday Christians, or you could call it the Passion Christians, because really, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter uh, morning are all one celebration. And then thirdly, you can have the Easter Christians.
0: Before we dive into the three types of Christians you've identified, and how they relate to the mysteries we're grappling with today. Can you just give us a quick explanation of what happens on Holy Thursday and Good Friday? I think it'll help provide some context for our listeners who aren't Catholic or aren't Christian.
1: Okay. Holy Thursday is when Christ gives himself away to the apostles in the Passover. He's the Passover lamb. He's the bread. He's the wine. So he gives his life to them on Holy Thursday. So on Good Friday, he actually gives his life physically, but he gave his life to them in the Eucharist on Holy Thursday. So the next day on Good Friday, when Pontius Pilate says, don't you understand I hold your life in my hands? No, he doesn't. He's already given his life away in the Eucharist. Pilate holds nothing. And so, yes, he does physically get tortured and die, but he already handed his life over to the apostles on Holy Thursday. So Holy Thursday and Good Friday, they are related. It's about Christ giving his life away. So back to the Christmas Christians, they're the ones who really love Christmas. They love the idea of God taking on human flesh and becoming a human being. That God comes down to earth to be part of the very creation he made And these are family celebrations, that we're all one family. Let's get our family together. Christmas Christians, they love the celebration of Christmas. And they love the practice of giving and receiving gifts as a way of showing appreciation for the gift of other people in their lives. So it's very celebratory of family and friends. And granted, the theological idea behind Christmas is that God took on human flesh to teach us the way of love because we were lost. Everybody loves Christmas. Even really if the non-Christians love Christmas, you know, who, who doesn't love celebrating the mystery of love, of love taking on flesh? So really it doesn't matter even if they're not even Christians. Everybody can get this.
0: So God became a human being to model love for us and show us exactly what we should be doing. Yeah, what love there's, a, really there's
1: a problem in creation and it's us. <laughs> <laughs> human beings don't know what it's like really to be a true human being of love. So God takes on human flesh.
0: Okay, that makes and sense.
1: Who doesn't love celebrating love? So that's kind of Christmas Christians. Then there's the Good Friday Christians. Now, that's this is something even deeper. These people have a deep awareness of sin in the world and how corrupt and brutal and how much injustice there is in the world and actually even in ourselves. That There's this warped aspect of human nature that the world is broken with injustice and corruption and the cross is facing up and addressing it. Uh, It's atoning for it and does require correction.
0: Now, when you no. say the cross, you're talking about Christ uh, dying on on the cross, the crucifixion.
1: Uh, I'm ta- yeah, yeah. I'm talking about that. I'm actually talking about Good Holy Thursday as well. Okay. But think about it. There's kind of this fight with the cross. It's not like Christmas, where it's happy, happy, happy celebration. There's this fight of uh, corruption and injustice against goodness. So, yeah, that's a cross of somebody dying for what is right. So, yeah. Now, I know I, many people can say this is where you lose people because they can say, well, why do we need a redeemer to save us? With all the problems in the world, we're smart, we're educated, we can make informed decisions on what is right. And like that's a position of this guy named Richard Dawkins, who's kind of the pope of all atheists. Yes. And he says he can't understand why Christ would have to die for us. You know, there's no need for it because we're smart and intellectual. Uh, There's no need to die to ego. That's what he would say. And like for him, he would see no reason for the cross because he, he once said something like this, where basically he said all people really need is really a great education. Just be like him where he comes from this upper class white English family. Life has always been good. He went to a very expensive college in England uh, and life will be fine. You know, it's, but the problem is, is that that is such a lie. Anybody who's really struggled with injustice and cruelty knows the world is not going to become better because people are more educated like he is. There's that, story of a very famous atheist who's an astrophysicist who said something similar where he said, you know, he just makes all his moral decisions based on evidence and logic. And then it comes out that many women have come out and accused him of sexual harassment, (laughs) you know, and living in the upper English class and having a great education doesn't mean that you can see your own sins. You know, we're blind. It, he was blind, blind to his own lack of moral decision that he says he's always making on logic. He was totally controlled by his own desires. Not all humanity in one sense is. So this idea that, no, no, we just need a good college education and be smart, that that will free us from all the problems of the world. So Christ
0: coming here then, Father Len, uh, God, you know, sending his son Jesus here to suffer at our hands the the evil that we're able to create and the sin that we're able to create, and then dying uh, as a result of that, kind of help us understand how that helps us, how, you know, why God would do that.
1: So it's showing us the way, the way to eternal life is not just the Christmas of let's just let's just all love each other and give each other's gifts. You think that's going to bring about this peace and harmony in the world, but it doesn't. I mean, it's a great celebration, but the problem is we have to die to sin. We have to both see sin, see the corruption in the world and realize that, oh, it's not the world that needs to change. It's us. So Christ is, first of all, giving us an example that, wow, we have to confront evil. And the worst part is the evil is not really outside in the world. It's us. It's us. We're the ones who have to change. And so Good Friday people, they're the ones who they work to see the brokenness in themselves and the world. Like no offense to Richard Dawkins and the atheist astrophysicist. They can't see that the problems in the world is their own hearts. Because like the astrophysicist, well, I make all my decisions logically. But wait a minute. He's a sexual harasser. You have It takes work to see your own sins and brokenness. And then what do you do? We follow the way of Christ. We confront it. And we have to die to it. I just saw this movie the other night with my mother called The Help. My mother had never seen it, so... We watched The Help together. Did you see
0: that movie? I've never seen The Help. So so good. You can help us all understand The Help.
1: Well, The Help, uh, it's the Jim Crow South. And The Help is all the black maids that were working in the South. And there's this brutal life for all these black housemaids. It's the Jim Crow South. So the blacks were technically freed from slavery, but the whole machinery of politics and society is to keep them oppressed. And yet, so it has a harsh ending on just where this writer, she's a white girl. She interviews these black maids and her eyes are woken up. Just how unjust the culture she lives in is. And yet there's this beautiful ending of the movie about unity and love and freedom. Yet to get to that beautiful ending in different ways, each character has to die to their own ego. And at one point, one of the main maids who was asked to help tell the stories, but to tell the stories that is legally against the law in the South, she could be criminally prosecuted. And if you're a black woman, Horrible things can happen. And she goes to church and she hears the preacher give this talk on courage. Moses had courage. Our faith should give us courage. And so there in church, she died to her own fears. And she was the first woman to step out and tell her story. So the cross is this idea that, wow, we have something to die to that, you know, whether it's fear or something or this other woman, I think her name was Miss Minnie.
0: Is this Uh, in the movie too?
1: Yeah. She's a second maid. Okay. Uh, And she has to die to something too. She's this great character, but to be honest, she has to die to her hatred of white people. One maid has to die to fear. She is not afraid of anything, but she is filled with hate towards white people or There's this white mother, uh, the mother of the author who sees all this. For her to be free, she had to admit her own cowardness. That, yeah, she helped create the, the bigotry in the South because she was always too afraid to stand up to other white people that this is wrong. So in one way or another, every character has to die to their ego or their pride or their cowardness to become something greater. And all of them are imprisoned in the South, whether they're white or black, they're all imprisoned in some sort of bitterness. And so I'm just saying the good Friday people are those who follow Christ on the cross. They carry their cross and they're crucified to it. The cross is this struggle against an oppression of every kind And that struggle against injustice, it purifies our soul. It gets us ready to enter the kingdom of God right here now. And at the end of our life to enter into heaven. So that's good Friday people. They're on the front lines of discovering their own sins and dying to it, dying to their ego. And, and so that's the way of the cross. Now, granted, That takes years to really wake up and really see that, wow, there's something in me that is broken. I'm the problem. That's a much different than Christmas Christians where it's, I love you, you love me, and we're all going to drink a Coke together.
0: So it's like becoming aware of your sins. Your brokenness, yeah. And your brokenness, your flaws, And the
1: brokenness of the world.
0: And overcoming those by, for instance, if you are to lie and cheat and steal, maybe it is going to further your life or your career. But you have to recognize it's wrong and selfish and may hurt someone else. So you need to die to that. Right. No matter what good it might do to sin, to do something wrong or whatever, you can't fear that. You can't fear the death of, of, of dying to that and not doing that. That's really so, what I think you're kind of saying.
1: Yeah. So the mystery of the cross is us dying with Christ, us dying to, like I used to have, uh, still slightly do, but I have anger issues and anxiety issues.
0: Well, you still so have some we, anxiety issues, Father. I have a
1: lot your, of anxiety your issues. Your anger's
0: is getting much better.
1: But for me to really enjoy the kingdom of God right here now, I have to die to all of that. That's the way of the cross. Fewer Christians really can enter into that. And the third is Easter Christians. And Easter Christians, they live in the resurrection. Their hope is in them and beyond them. Their hope is partly in the life to come, but also more importantly, that that life already moves within us, connecting us all together, connecting us even with all those in heaven who have died. Easter Christians, the resurrection has given this a whole new life. And if Christ didn't die, he couldn't have been resurrected. And so Christ's resurrection is not just a singular event, not some event at the end of our life. It's a whole way of life now. That's the resurrection. Our resurrection is not when we die. It begins right here and now and is fulfilled in heaven. So in the movie, The Help?, it kind of ends with this foreshadowing that the resurrection is now because you have this one character, Miss Minnie, who she's always mad about something. She doesn't like uh, white people. And the movie ends with this great act of love of her sitting at a table with white people and they all love each other. The guy pulls out the chair for her, treats her like a queen. She looks at them with love it's this great image of, wow, heaven is starting right there in the Jim Crow South. Or Miss Abilene. At the very end, she finally stands up to this abusive employer. And she does get fired. But she walks away. And she doesn't walk away in anger. She loves the little girl that she was taking care of. But she walks out into this beautiful, sunlit green garden among the trees and finally she's truly free of all fear and it's this image of the resurrection in her soul that suddenly even in the deep south with all its prejudice and abuse that the garden of eden is blooming right there in her soul So the resurrection is a way of life that starts here. Now the resurrection is not returning back to your former life that you die. And then you just get your same life back. That's resuscitation. That's just continuing to live back as zombies with half a conscience. And this is much different than other religions. The resurrection is a whole new life. It's so extreme that in the early church, they called them new persons Miss Minnie and Miss ageline they're new people. They're connected. Their life is mixed in with the life of other people, so much so that they're not singular. It's not just you in the resurrection. And we have this great connection starting now. And so back to the you know Christmas people and Good Friday and Easter people, Christmas Christians, they do believe in Jesus, and they love to celebrate the gift of family and giving and coming together. But there's no dying there. All the problems can, in the world can be solved if we just gather together and share a Coke. Good Friday people understand that the world is brutal. And there's this omnipresent sin and brokenness in the world. And it's a struggle for justice and love. And Good Friday people, they realize that there is a struggle. And they're willing to sacrifice and die to all the problems. Easter people, they live with love and joy inside them. that can't be taken away that because they've died to anger and fear, what they have in them is a the garden of Eden, the resurrection blooming right then and there. So there's kind of three sensibilities. And the problem is, is that I think our modern culture makes it that all the problems in us are on the outside. Cause like, Recently, this pop star gave this great concert in the end. She raises her fist and she says, you have all the power you need deep inside you. And I'd say that sounds sweet and encouraging, but it's also naive and youthfully ignorant because our culture tells us that all the problems of the world are outside of ourselves. And within us, we have all the solutions. The problem is that the gospel Tells a more complex story than that. Christmas people think that yeah, all the problems are on the on the outside, and yes, partly there are. There's prejudice and taxes and scorpions and whatever. Just coming together around a meal will not solve all those problems. Good Friday people see that the problems start on the inside. That's why I love Alexander Solzhenitsyn's comment when he fights against the brutal dictatorship in the Soviet Union, and he's sent to the Gulag, he writes this amazing line where he says that he realizes that the line between good and evil runs through every human heart. The problem is not communism. The problem is the human heart. You and I have something in us that is very treacherous, that all our sins start from the inside. And so the solution actually comes from someplace outside ourselves. Uh, that's the resurrection. It comes from Christ and Christ putting his life in us, that the resurrection is born in our hearts. So the solution, it does come from the outside Christ, but is placed in us. So if we're an Easter people, we're connected in this relationship with and for other people, we're something completely new, free from all the shame and darkness in the world. It's a whole new way of life where we're all together. And it kind of reminds me like in the modern world, there's this um, question of are the problems inside or outside of ourselves? And there's this article a couple of years ago, and the title of the article was What Brand is Your Therapist? Isn't that a great title?
0: Like, I, I love the line. It conjures up all kinds of different ideas and images.
1: Of therapists marketing themselves. Because yes. you said recently there are 30% of people are not going to therapists anymore. They're not seeking therapists for their problems because if they, and when they do go to a therapist, they define as all their problems are things outside themselves.
0: So you're saying that, there's a 30% reduction in the amount of therapy being uh being purchased is is that what you're saying
1: well that's yeah that's what this article she's a therapist that's what she said
0: so so apparently what that's saying is based on the people having the perception that all the problems are outside of me i suppose when the therapist says you know you've got some problems here
1: no, they don't market themselves that way. They don't say you have a problem. They say things like, "They're a therapist, and this is their brand." That I'm excellent at working at getting your husband to show you respect. I'm an excellent therapist at getting your children to respect you.
0: I get that, but I, what I think that, I'm thinking about why this reduction in the amount of therapy that people are seeking, if it's down thirty percent. It's probably when the therapist, however they come in sideways, backwards or whatever, make it seem like maybe you're part of the problem and they don't want to hear it. So they, they say, don't, you know, yeah. I'm done. I quit. I don't need yeah. therapy. I, that's not my problem. I need somebody to fix all the problems on the outside of me. So she said. It's my husband, my boss. Yeah. So she said, Mark.
1: Yeah. So she said a therapist market themselves on how they can fix your outside problems. (laughs) And she, she suggests that it's because we raised a whole generation that self-esteem is so important that you're special, you know, you're good, you're smart, you're special. So clearly you can't be the problem. The problem has to be things outside yourself. Um, So the problem with that is that They never become Good Friday people. If Good Friday people realize, oh, it's my heart that is the problem. I have to work on that. But if the whole world has been telling you your entire life that, Irish, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're a great dancer, you're good, you're always a winner, well, it can't be your problem. It's clearly your wife's problem with the marriage. So they always stay at the Christmas people. Yeah, they can celebrate Christmas, but they can never celebrate the cross. They will not admit that they need to change.
0: What you're saying is even good, well-intentioned, saint-like people like you, who only celebrate Christmas, may have a blind spot or two. Okay, yeah, yeah
1: I, I have a lot of blind spots. But the cross <laughs> is entering into, oh, wow, like I love how Catholics... During Lent, we pray for three weeks to see our own sins, see how we're a part of a society of sins. We want to embrace the cross by, yeah, let's let's look at your weaknesses and pro- our, our own brokenness and problems.
0: And, and um, pray for this death to those.
1: to uh, That will happen in us. We yes. pray that there's a death in us, that we die to our, quote unquote, old selves. Uh, we want that to be resurrected into something completely new.
0: I, I really like that, Father Lynn, because I think the common perception of the resurrection is this idea that it only happens in heaven, and that's where you're trying to go. And you're saying that this is a progression right here while we're alive. You know, we 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 need to have that resurrection die to our selfishness, our ego, our hatred, all of our flaws. And we we can become a new better person, and we we have this resurrection here in this life. I think that's and what you're
1: saying. I like to think if you're if you're not participating in the resurrection right here and now, why do you think you why would you be participating in it in heaven?
0: Yeah, and why do you think you'd get to heaven?
1: Yeah, well, like if you spent your whole life denying your own brokenness and not really becoming something new and better and connected what makes you think that you'd be ready for heaven
0: i love that. I, th- I think you've really kind of tied these three things together in kind of a neat way why god took on human flesh became one of us why he suffered at our hands and allowed him allowed himself to be killed, and then the the miracle of the resurrection, and w- what that meant, how that was in this sequence. I, I, I really like that. I think you've, uh, I think you've you've given us a broader perspective on these things and how they fit together, and what they really mean.
1: Well, it, I tell you what, go watch the movie The Help. Yeah, it's a great little movie. But think of the movie The Help as a sense of three types of people. The Christmas people, the Good Friday people, and the Resurrection people.
0: I'll bet now if I go watch that, I will see those three. Now you you probably wouldn't think of that or see that otherwise, would you?
1: I know you just think it's a good movie, but yep. it also has this great theological point.
0: I like it. Well, Father Lynn, I I, I think that's a good way for us to to close this episode. And we welcome your comments and questions on these mysteries or anything else that we talk about here on the Wrestling With God Show. It's really easy to get those to us. You just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And you click on the questions button. And if you're uh, enjoying the Wrestling With God Show, we hope you are. We hope you'll share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Lots of people have actually been doing that, and we really appreciate it. It really does help people discover us. And, and by the way, subscribing to our podcast is free, no charge at all, and, and it guarantees that you'll know whenever we publish a new episode. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey Climbing the Mountain of Life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.